Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. Now, although... Uh, these play-in games are technically not playoff games. They feel like playoff games. They are playoff games. Like, so by NBA standard, of course, they're not. We get it. It's the play-in tournament. But if you want my opinion, to me, that's like a marketing thing. Like, that's, like, when you're playing in these games, you feel that pressure. You feel that. And also, when you're watching these games, you also see that pressure that some guys struggle with during the playoffs when you watch these playing games. And so that is the playing game. No one wants to be there um, yet. It's there. It's been thriving for the NBA, and it is here to stay. I hope you all enjoy it because it's not going anywhere. As always, as you know, we are live on AMP. Something new we may do here today at the end. Uh, we may take a couple questions, so stick around um, to the end of the show if you'd like to ask some questions, and maybe we get to your question. If not, maybe next time, but we're going to do that at the end of the show. However, two fun games, um, the Lakers versus the Timberwolves and also the Atlanta Hawks versus the Miami Heat. We're going to get into that Lakers game first. Nah. Let's get into the Miami Heat game first. News broke today that uh, Trey Young, what that ownership had given the green light for Trey Young to be traded. Um, why would that break on the day of the playing game is a little beyond me. Um, I think that's not very good um, uh, unless you know the player that you are dealing with. If that player has a chip on their shoulder like a Trey Young, then it could work. In this case, I think it did. Uh, quite frankly, something like that should not leak on the day of a play-in game, essentially a playoff game. And then you, you, know, you look at it and it's like, oh, well, they had this group on an airplane and they're going here. And it's like, Okay, so there definitely was a meeting with the owner. All right, so there may be some merit to it, but that's not either here nor there. Quite frankly, I'm really not going to get all off into that. Uh, what I do want to get off into, though, is how Trey Young responded. 
how DeJounte Murray responded, how Clint Capella responded. Those guys responded in a major way. Trey Young came out from the gate, getting in the lane, um, putting pressure on the defense, and ultimately forcing the Miami Heat to have to adjust their pick-and-roll defense. They uh, went into a switching five, and with switching five, trying to stop Trey Young from getting downhill became another issue. What was that issue? That issue was Clint Capella. Clint Capella had eight offensive rebounds, 21 rebounds in total. He had four points. So, of course, most of you will say, oh, Clint Capella did nothing. He didn't score. He only had four points. Eight offensive rebounds were huge. That means when, when Trey was getting downhill and kicking out or shooting the ball and missing, no problem. Their best offense was the missed shot. Clint Capella on the offensive boards. And so you got to give Clint Capella a lot of credit. You got to give the focus that Trey Young came out in that game with. He came out locked in, and you can tell right away. He was moving the ball. He was getting downhill. He got guys involved. Sadiq Bey was extremely aggressive. Uh, he was getting them up. He was aggressive, and he kept the defense honest, and I thought it was great. DeJounte Murray is always going to be great in a setting like this um, and in playoff settings in any setting. Number one, DeJounte is a hooper. But DeJounte have what a lot of guys don't have in this league today, and that is he going to get to his spot. He know exactly what he going to want to get to, and he getting to that. It's, a go, it's essentially a go-to move. Although, it's, you know, DeJounte going to get to it how he gets to it. But it acts as a go-to move. He get into his mid-range, he pulling up. He shot a little more, uh, a few more threes today. And also, that is something that Quinn Snyder, their new coach, is pushing. Uh, Quinn Snyder that plays more of an up-tempo offense, plays more of a uh, move-the-ball offense, plays more of a we-want-to-get-threes-up offense, play a lot faster. That's what Quinn Snyder does. Uh, that's what he did for years in Miami, although they had to, I mean, excuse me, in Utah, although they had to slow it down some because they did have bigs. They're pushing the tempo, and that's what they do. And he got a guy like Trey Young, uh, a, another all-star point guard in DeJounte Murray. He's trying to push the pace, and those guys were getting him up. Like I said, we saw the pressure that Trey put on their defense by causing switches. And once you had Bam switching off Clint Capella onto Trey, nobody else could rebound. There were even a couple of rebounds where Jimmy was boxing out and Clint Capella got the rebound. And we all know how tough and physical Jimmy is. And Jimmy makes winning plays. Jimmy was boxing out. But it's a little different boxing a big out under the rim and then trying to get up and get that rebound. Uh, that's an appreciation that most people don't have and don't understand. Um, not speaking of Jimmy, I'm actually speaking of your fans. Um, you just don't really be appreciating that. However, um, that really hurt the Miami Heat. And so what we have now is the Boston Celtics meeting up with the Atlanta Hawks in a 2-7 matchup. Boston Celtics should handle this series pretty easily. They should. I think chance they will. But when you have two dynamic guards like a Trey Young and like DeJounte Murray, guys who can get to it, guys who can play make for other guys, uh, defend like DeJounte Murray can, you always give yourself a chance. So I think Atlanta's going to give themselves a chance, but ultimately I'm not sure if they're deep enough 
um, to to stick with the Boston Celtics. So that's that. <clears throat> that's that series. That's how that's shaping up. The Heat will on Friday. They will take on the the winner of the nine ten game. That is the Chicago Bulls versus Toronto Raptors. We'll have to wait and check that out and see who comes out of there. Now. The exciting part of the night, the more exciting game, was the Lakers-Timberwolves. Timberwolves dominated the game for 36 minutes. And then things went south. Um, Some of the things that hampered the Timberwolves, as upsetting as it is, are the same things that hampered the Timberwolves last year in a series where they could have and probably should have beat the Memphis Grizzlies and gave away three games, like just gift wrap Memphis three games. Here, take it. And Memphis did what they were supposed to do. They closed it out. Some of the same issues. Uh, you get these big games. You get these big-time matchups. You cannot have Carl Anthony Towns in foul trouble every time you have these games. It's just not going to work. He's too important to your offense. They, they are very shorthanded at the big position, which is why we saw a lot of Kyle Anderson at the five today. Nas Reed is out with a hand injury. Um, and Rudy Gobert is obviously out with the suspension. So they were very limited in size, and Kat and Kat ended up in foul trouble again, and you just can't keep having that every time you have these big games. Anthony Edwards really struggled. Struggled bad. I was a little disappointed in his lack of aggressiveness on the offensive end. I thought he settled early on. I thought he settled for a lot of uh, standstill jump shots, get the balls, face the guy, face the guy up, and then was just settling for the jump shot. And I thought in turn, in turn, it, it cost him his rhythm. So he was never able to find a rhythm in the game. And ultimately that, that hurt um, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ant-Man did some things that I really loved and thought, when I saw them, that it would propel him to having a great game, which is wanted the LeBron matchup, was matching up with LeBron James. And he was taking taking that matchup, and and he and he stood up to the challenge. I respect that. I can appreciate that. That's a young guy with that mentality. Don't look past that. One of the reasons Anthony Edwards will be very special in this league. That thing that he has right there. Yes, he had a very forgettable game. Game that I'm sure. He would, he he'd love to forget right now. Um, quite frankly, tomorrow he will because you got to move on to that next game. But the settling did not help him. There was something else that Anthony Edwards did that makes you that like if the, if it doesn't excite you, I don't know what you're watching. And that is, guy comes flying down the lane. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was Rui Hachimura. Anthony Edwards tested him at the rim. Really didn't have a chance to block it, but he just went for it. And because he just went for it, guess what he did? He blocked the shot. That's your star player. Your all-star guard at the rim, challenging a power forward. A power forward who's pretty bouncy, challenging him at the rim. Blocks the shot. That's something you got to feed off of, and I think Minnesota did feed off of at that point in the game. But eventually, they also needed Ant-Man to turn it up offensively, and, and, and they never got that side of things. But if I'm a Timberwolves fan, and I see the some of those things that I saw from Anthony Edwards, I'm excited. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you... Here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm very excited because just the fact that he'll compete like that, the fact that he will make those winning plays, that's something to hang your hat on, and that's something to build on if you're a franchise. That's something to build on if you're a coach. Like, I know he got that thing. Now we need to teach him. I thought Ant-Man took some very young man shots uh, in, in some of those threes that he was taking and selling for, which cost him his rhythm, like I said. So, uh, unfortunately, they didn't win because if they did, everybody would be talking about this guy. Kyle Anderson was incredible. Um Kyle Anderson got a steal on LeBron. LeBron tried to throw it out like the double. No, Anthony Davis, I'm sorry. 
Uh, Anthony Davis tried to throw it out, double team, Kyle Anderson, go, go, gadget arm, came out of nowhere and got the steal. And I started yelling like, see, I, I, I knew that wasn't me, man. I, if you remember back when we played the Timberwolves recently, maybe like a week and a half, two weeks ago, I turned the ball over at the end of the game. And I'm telling you, Kyle Anderson's arm was not there. Like I can pass the ball. Clay, I'm getting the ball to Clay. We're about to shoot free throw. His arm was not there. Those go-go gadget arms come out of nowhere, and he make a lot of plays. He get a lot of deflections, comes up with a lot of loose balls. That is one of his skills. He has a knack for that. It's incredible. And you will always underestimate how long his arms are, and they just come out within the blink of an eye. And so just here to tell y'all, yeah, we end up losing that game, and I know I turned the ball over but it's Kyle Anderson. However, Kyle Anderson played an incredible game. He guarded AD as good as anyone has guarded AD. He stepped up to the challenge and did that with all the foul trouble that Cat was facing. And quite frankly, when he was on AD, he was much more effective than Cat was when Cat was on AD. Uh, offensively, he kept getting to the floater. Uh, one thing that I was, uh, I was upset to see them get away from was the ant and Kyle Anderson pick and roll because they just kept getting the drop off and Kyle Anderson kept getting a little same push shot and he was knocking it down. And that really had those guys rolling in the first half and they went away. They never came back to that in the second half. Um, also the mark of a young team and where as, as he continued to grow and blossom into itself, he'll start to notice and pick up on those things. Um, but as I said, you just needed a little more aggression. I also thought uh, Minnesota's coach, uh, who I am a huge fan of, huge fan of Finch. I think he does a great job. I think he's an incredible coach. Um, I thought he could have got them into some more sets. Uh, a lot of that second half, they were coming down, not really getting into sets, getting bad shots. And then late there in the game, they kept going to like this Carl Towns pick and roll, getting a switch and ISO on Cat. But they weren't getting anything out of the ISO. They were just loading up on Cat, and he was taking tough shots. There was a couple times, you know, where, you know, you, you're, you're like ISOing him against LeBron or getting a switch. They got a switch a couple times at the top of the key, like um, at the free throw line and a little bit above the free throw line at the top of the key with, like, Austin Reeves on them. But they're so loaded up, like, there's nowhere to go. And they kept going back to that. Like, they, like the last five, six, five minutes of the game, they went to that every time. And, like, at some point, I wanted to see and say, man, move out the way. Let me go. Let me go handle what I can handle. Let me get downhill. Those last couple possessions, he got to the hole a couple times. And that's what you needed to see more of. And they kept running the pick and roll, getting the ISO switch. And, and I just didn't like that. The Lakers are a very lengthy team. Your ISO and they're in gaps. They're closing those gaps. They're making the floor look super crowded. And it was not beneficial. And they got nothing from it and just kept going to it. And I did not understand that. And ultimately, it ended up costing them the game. A uh, lot of credit to um, Darvin Ham. Why does Darvin Ham get a lot of credit? Darvin Ham gets a lot of credit because the X factor in tonight's game for the Los Angeles Lakers was none other than Dennis Schroeder. And Schroeder, what, what Dennis, Dennis is back with the Lakers because Dennis has a relationship with Darvin Ham, who was Dennis's assistant coach when Dennis was thriving in Atlanta. 
if you remember how Dennis left, there was the news of the contract that he didn't accept and, you know, so on and so forth. He left and went to the Boston Celtics once the market went dry. Didn't work out there, got traded to Houston. Season over pretty quickly, and then he ends up in back with the Lakers after having an incredible Euro basket last year, which also probably helped Dennis end up back with the Lakers. Um, and because of his relationship with Darvin Ham, he comes back with the Lakers. The Lakers take another chance on him. And not only was he the X Factor tonight, but he's been quite an X Factor for much, if not longer, than the second half of the season. He's been a real key guy for the Lakers. And tonight, he was huge. He was huge. He made every big shot. He made big buckets. He guarded extremely well. Like, you have to give a lot of credit to Dennis Schroeder and what he did. Yeah, LeBron was great. LeBron had 30-11-6. Uh, AD made some huge plays down the stretch defensively and offensively. But Dennis Schroeder... It was the reason that the Lakers was able to pull that game out. So I give a lot of credit to Schroeder. I give a lot of credit to DeHaan uh, for seeing and knowing and understanding and trusting your gut and knowing that this guy will eventually be able to help our team. On a night where D'Angelo Russell struggled, uh, one for nine from the field, um, Austin Reeves was okay. He was, he was okay, but Dennis Schroeder got it done. And ultimately was the reason that the Lakers was able to, to, to take that game. Uh, now the Lakers are facing up with the Memphis Grizzlies. I think this is a, this is a tough matchup for Memphis. Uh, number one, the Lakers have been a very hot team. And number two, they match up well with Memphis. Uh, LeBron is LeBron. AD, um, AD and Jaron Jackson, two, two great shots. Great shot blockers, rim protectors. Um, Jaron Jackson will be able to pull AD from the rim. AD doesn't really like to guard a three-point shooter, so I think something to watch there is Jaron Jackson trailing into the three. AD will usually retreat back to the paint, and that's something that he's going to have to be aware of when he's guarding, when he's matched up with Jaron Jackson. If he's retreating to the paint, Jaron Jackson loves the step in three. He loves the trail three, and he knocks it down. That could hamper them. On the flip side, John Morant loves to get to the paint. You got a shot blocker like AD at the rim. You got Jared Vanderbilt mucking stuff up. LeBron's mucking stuff up. The Lakers are, is, is absolutely um, great at guarding the paint with the length that they have on their team. That can make things a little tough um, for the Grizzlies. As far as... You know, uh, I'm sure Grizzlies, the Grizzlies will probably match Dylan Brooks up with LeBron James. Uh, like I said, Bron is Bron. Bron's going to do what Bron does. X-Factors in this series, uh, they'll need a better D-Lo. Um, but they've shown you tonight that they can win without D-Lo playing well as long as Dennis can play well. And I think Dennis will continue to play well. He's been playing well. X-Factors. Malik Beasley has to show up. The Lakers will need some outside shooting. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are very good at protecting the paint as well. The Lakers will need outside shooting. Malik Beasley, this is why you were brought here. It is very important that Malik Beasley shows up and have a good series. That'll be huge for the Lakers. 
As I said, they'll need the three-point shooting. They'll need him to step up. And they'll need one of either Jared Vanderbilt or Rui Hachimura to step up. Jared Vanderbilt is not much of an outside threat, but he uses that to his advantage and get offensive rebounds and backdoor cuts and works the dunker. Rui has been shooting the ball a little better outside. Uh, if I had to guess, the Grizzlies are going to force him to make those shots and beat them. Um, but, yeah, I think this will be a good matchup. Uh, to starting off Sunday in Memphis. Uh, I expect LeBron to f- get the tempo of the game where he think they should have the tempo and not just try to get up and down with that young Memphis team. I can't foresee them doing that. Um, I can see Brian being very methodical about his approach and what he's always done against young teams, even dating back to his Cleveland days. If you want to think back to that Boston, uh, I know Jackson here uh, remembers it very well where Boston was up three to two going into game six and seven. And Bron played 47 minutes in, or 46 minutes in game six and 48 minutes in game seven and walked them down very methodically. And so I expect to see some more of that from Bron to try to slow down the young, fast Memphis Grizzlies. But it's going to be a very, 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 very tough series for both teams. Like, it won't just be tough for, for Memphis uh, as far as the Lakers going. It won't be easy for the Lakers. Like, it'll be tough for them as well. So I think it's a very tough series. Um, I probably should be careful with giving someone some bulletin board material because this will be our next opponent um, when we go ahead and take care of our business. But if you need bulletin board material at this point, then so be it. Um, but I think the Lakers... I think the Lakers will take this series. I think it'll be an upset. Uh, won't be easy. It will not be easy. But I think the Lakers may take this series just because they'll understand it and they'll slow it down. Now, Brian made some very uncharacteristic passes tonight, and he looked gassed at times. I was very shocked at that. Uh, so a couple of those passes Brian made. So we'll see how that plays out. Again, this is another young team that's getting up and down. And ultimately, you never got to question whether LeBron is in shape or not, but he did look a little tired tonight. Also, a quick turnaround from a Sunday game that they had to win, an emotional game that they had to win on Sunday. But Minnesota also had an emotional game that they had to win on Sunday, and they had to fly. So what you make of that is what you make of it. I don't know. Um, but. I think this is going to be a very tough series, but I got the Lakers ultimately edging the Grizzlies out. I think they'll be able to capitalize on some of the mistakes. Uh, It will also be interesting to see if the Grizzlies have grown. We remember some of the mistakes that they were making in the playoffs last year, especially in that Minnesota series, uh, where Minnesota was just making the mistakes and giving them the games right back. But we'll see if they've grown. If they have grown, it's going to be very tough on the Lakers. And my opinion will be wrong. But that's yet to be seen. So we shall see. Jackson, um, can you help us take a few callers before we get out of here? Let's do it. First time taking callers live on Amazon Amp. I have opened up the phone lines. Let's see who we got. Okay. First caller. 
Here we go. You mentioned, obviously, Ant had a rough night in this one in a pretty big spot. You, you hope he can bounce back from turning to a positive. Was there a game or a moment for you early in your career that didn't go how you hoped, that showed you a specific area you could improve on or that really brought your motivation up to another level that you can think of? Well, I mean, me different than Anthony Edwards. So I was a second round pick. I didn't play much in my first two years. Um, and saying that, we did go to the playoffs my first year. And I played some pretty meaningful minutes, uh, ultimately beating the Denver Nuggets in the first round. Uh, David Lee got hurt. And so I was able to play a little more minutes in that series. And then losing to the San Antonio Spurs uh, in the second round. And what that taught me in that series with the Spurs were like just how to work on your weaknesses because they just plotted on every weakness that we had. And whatever your weaknesses were, um, Bill Belichick has this saying of making guys play left-handed. And they, the Spurs, when you got to them in the playoffs, they made you play left-handed. And so I think for me, it was just um, really understanding at that point, like first round, it's tough, you know, and teams are scouting you and and they take things away. You get to the second round, the two best things that you have are taken away. And now what are you going to next? And so it really taught me to expand my game uh, and work on the things that I, I was weak at early on in my career. Perfect. Let's do another question or two. Let's go at Seti Davis. Invite coming your way. Remember to join and unmute your mic. Okay. Um, Dre, how do y'all think? How do you think y'all match up well with the Kings in this upcoming series? Well, I think um, I think number one, we're two very fast-paced playing teams. Uh, both teams get up and down. Um, this is a coaching staff that knows us very well. Um, also a coaching staff that we know very well. Uh, we definitely run some similar actions. Uh, they play a little more through Sabonis maybe then the Warriors play through me um you know because we do run I think more pick and rolls than they run they're not a very pick and roll heavy team at all um and then you got the NorCal you know the the battle for NorCal has been a long time since this game has mattered um and when I say this game I mean uh Dubs versus the Kings other than for a little bragging rights out here in the Bay Area or, you know, in NorCal. It's been a long time since it matters. So I think that that will also play a difference, uh, play, uh, make a difference, uh, play a role in, in how this series goes. Uh, crowd's going to be really loud. And then just from a, from a pure matchup standpoint, um, you know, I think for the most part we match up pretty good. Uh, like I said, they, you know, they play Sabonis a lot on the wing, uh, myself and Looney. Uh, and J. Mike being being accustomed to guard, like we can guard out on the wing. So, you know, I think that's an upper hand that we have is that we're not your typical team where bigs can't step out on the wing. I think, you know, with us being able to step out and guard Sabonis out there, he's a great playmaker out there. Um, I think, you know, that's a benefit for us, uh, just not having that worry of your bigs can't step out and check. Um, you know, but they're, I think for them, they got pieces all over the board. Harrison Barnes has been really good for them. Keegan Murray shot the lights out of the ball. Kevin Herter has shot the lights out. Uh, Fox, we all know what Fox is doing. 
Uh, he gets to his mid-range. He gets to his spots. He's, you know, one-man fast break, pushing the tempo, one of the fastest guys in the league. So, you know, it'll be a tough matchup, a uh, very tough matchup. And saying that, I think, you know, we go out there and we play Dubs basketball, compete on both ends of the floor how we know we need to compete in order to win games at this time of year and at this level. And I think we'll be just fine and we match up well. Last question is actually going to be for me. I'm curious about this because Kings first time in the playoffs, they got this light the beam thing going. Every time I watch their games on TV, the crowd, it's like, it feels like Oracle and like your guys' early years. How does playing in Sacramento this year their environment, where does it rank in terms of at least they haven't not in the playoffs yet, obviously, but in terms of toughest environments to play in so far? Well, honestly, a tough environment to play in a regular season isn't a real thing to me. Um, I mean, I've played in some of the biggest environments in sports. Um, and so I don't really view, but what I will say is this. You know it's going to be a crazy environment because when we just played them the other day and their starters weren't playing anything, it was loud as hell. Um, when the game first started, the starting lineups, they were super loud. And so I expect it to be crazy electric in there. Um, it's a team that hasn't been to the playoffs since 16 years but has always had a fan base that will support. You know, and this is a very eager fan base. I know it's going to be super loud in there, but... You know, we're an hour and 10 minutes away from home, so I expect Dub Nation to be thick in there as well. Um, I don't know if everyone is red, but this is the – the sack has the most expensive ticket ever, uh, which is absolutely crazy. But, yeah, I think um, as far as the environment goes, there's no regular season that can prepare you for what a playoff environment is going to look like. But just by us playing them the other day, I think it's going to be absolutely insane. And that's what you live for. And I'm looking forward to it because like, that's that's why you play the game, man. Like you go through this 82-game season, getting beat all up to ultimately get here. And we're here now. So you look forward to thriving in those type of environments. That's that's where you got That's where you make your money. That'll conclude the uh, call-in section today. Thank you to everyone who called in. This was a fun first attempt at this. And uh, if you want the pod on your normal pod platforms, it will be out in a little bit. It'll be out on the Volumes YouTube channel in a little bit. But Dre, the next time people might hear from us, might be after a playoff game. We definitely tapping tap in Saturday. Uh, it's absolutely necessary that we chop it up after the game on Saturday to make those man who's going to say he just played a game and he should be in his hotel room looking at some film or something. You're going to look at this pod or something. Till next time, that's a wrap on the Draymond Green Show. Peace. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.